okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Canon Crested Arsenal podcast. Wow, it's been an extremely, extremely long time since I said those words. Uh, we haven't recorded the pod in oh, forever. I actually can't remember the last one that we recorded. I think it's about two or three months ago. But um, different things have happened, and um, so we're here. Where we're recording the podcast today, when there is actually been no football for about three to four weeks now, so I just felt it was a good time to to uh, hang out, hang out with a couple of friends and um, get their opinion on what's happening currently with respect to Arsenal, what has happened in the last um, season, or I said last season, the season is still on in the current season. Make the best use of what we what we're currently um, seeing, and um, just basically just have a chat about Arsenal. I think I I personally I have uh, underrated how important um, podcasts or quality podcasts were to my life, to my daily routine. Because um, I'm going to work, I'm listening to a pod. I'm at work, I'm listening to a pod. Um, I'm heading back from work, I'm listening to one. I'm taking a walk, I'm listening to one. Like different types of podcasts and. The, the whole pod environment is just filled with coronavirus conversations now. And sometimes you want to kind of escape from that conversation, but you go into where you feel, where you where you escape to. So podcasts are like my escape from everything. And I go in there and then I'm just stuck with coronavirus as well. And I didn't want to make a podcast that was just going to be about coronavirus as well, because everybody's trying to escape from it. So I decided to call up a few of my friends and let's just talk about Arsenal from, from just general, have a conversation about what we think uh, about Arsenal now. So again, welcome to the podcast and I hope whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you're keeping yourself safe, you're staying home uh, if you can afford to because again, it's not everybody who can afford to. You can afford to, please. I hope you're staying home, you're washing your hands and you're taking care of your family as much as you can. Um, we'll come to some coronavirus conversations somewhere at the pod, but a good place to start would be introducing the very fine gentlemen who are here with me on the podcast today. Uh, I'll start with Ima. Ima, Ima goes by Ima underscore da- No. Ima, you changed your handle on Twitter from Ima underscore daily to Ima watch. He rebranded. He rebranded, yeah? Yeah, so oh. um, transition from Una Emery to Mikateta. <laughs> so where's, where's the Freddy Yumberg in between? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Freddie Yumbeck? Everybody keeps saying that transition from Unai to Mikel Arteta, but we all seem to forget that Freddie Yumbeck was a coach for a few weeks, and because he, he doesn't see... <laughs> wait, wait, I've not introduced you, so you shouldn't be talking, whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> but especially because Freddie doesn't sit with the guys on the bench, it just seems like he's been obli- obliterated. I can't say that word. Um, from from Arsenal's memory, but he was there. Anyways, Ima, it's good to have you on the podcast. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine, and you? I'm great, trying to do the best that I can. We also have on the podcast Mo Amali. How are you, Mo? I'm good, I'm good. Good evening. I'm good. How is Abuja, Nigeria? Well, Abuja is fine, at least. Um, we are staying home, so he yeah. didn't go back. Yeah, we're fine. Good, good to hear from you. We have a guest on the podcast today, um, friend of the family, depending on which side of the family you belong to. <laughs> His name is Nandi Obiwani, popularly known on Twitter as Obi Single Digit. It's the first time he's, he's on the podcast with us. And uh, so, Obi, hi, welcome to the pod. Yeah, pleased to be here. Uh, welcome to every other person, yeah? 
Uh, Obi, you need to speak up. You need to speak up and clearly because your okay. your, current, okay, your current persona doesn't match the the, the vociferousness. Permit me to use that word of your my, tweets. Am I It's a bloody keyboard warrior. Uh, exactly. It doesn't sound all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden it doesn't sound as confident as this tweet, right? <laughs> oh Allah. It's, it's Don't worry, Sergeant. Okay. Don't worry. Can you guys We can't hear you clearly, so maybe hold your mic closer to your mouth if you're using one of those fake cheap headphones that you get. Um and try to speak clearly. Okay. Is it better? Yeah, be yes, better. it is. So you're just trying yeah, to hold that. Okay, good. All right, great. So now that we all have everybody here, thank you again for coming. And if you're listening to the podcast, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for, for, for joining us in this uh, conversation. Um, so right up, straight up from the start. Uh, so Arsenal, basically, as a club, I put out a tweet earlier, right, uh, just to get a sample of, an opinion, of, of people's opinion as to what they think about Arsenal, uh, where we are as, as a club. Um, um, today. So the, the tweet went thus. I said, I'm recording the podcast with all of you. And I asked the question as to where do you currently see Arsenal as a football club? Um, static, 11%. 11% of the respondents say they see Arsenal as being static. Um, 43% said evolving. 37% uh, consider Arsenal as progressing. And nine percent consider Arsenal as lost. So, um, so evolving is evolving is the, evolving is is currently um, leading the. I should have tweeted this yesterday, but I guess so. It doesn't give us enough time. But um, based on what we're seeing here, evolving is where most people consider Arsenal to be, and that's forty three percent, slightly followed by progressing, which is overall kind of positive, I think. So there's a positive vibe if I can go by the responses to the poll that I put out. Uh, I'll start with you, Ima. Um, so Arsenal is four years, or generally for everybody, um, four years, we haven't been, we're, we're kind of going four years without the Champions League football. We are um, currently 42 points. You know, I actually looked at the league table today. We are 42 points behind the league leaders. We have 40 points. So the distance between us and the league leaders is actually more than the points that we have attained. We are 42 points behind the league leaders. The last time we won a trophy was in 2017, I think, the FA Cup. <clears throat> this season, we have been knocked out of the Europa League. Um, where do you think we are as a football club, really? Ima? I, I, when I saw that, that tweet and when I saw the brief you shared, I, mm. I was going to say you need to put context into that question to, to okay. be able to... Um, really um, answer it clearly because mm-hmm. um, the, I, I, I wasn't surprised when most respondents to, to that um, uh, question looked at it from we are static or we are I think there's another one for the progression if I'm not mistaken no, I said lost and, yeah it, it's, it's, very, it's very easy to look at and that, that's there's an element of truth in that uh, if you've been an Arsenal fan for uh, a long time, I've, I've been almost close to three decades now. Um, it's there's an element, there's, there's, there's that feeling that we are drifting, mm-hmm. and we are really drifting um, from title contenders to top four contenders 
to Europa League contender, and this isn't even looking as if we're not going to make the Europa League. Yeah. Um, without COVID nineteen coming to deny Liverpool the title. <laughs> was that the sole purpose of COVID-19? <laughs> so, so, there are a few people who will take COVID-19 as is if he was going to deny Liverpool the title and lots of people hate them. No, I, I think that's a, that's a part of for coronavirus, right? But, but yeah, before yeah, we get yeah, yeah. COVID-19 is an act of God to deny Liverpool the title, don't ask me to explain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, go on, Imad. So, so looking from that perspective, I, I think Arsenal is really, really regressing. I, I and it's it's painful to admit that um, things aren't going the way one would have expected it. But uh, again, if, if we were to look at it in in terms of um, who we are really as at a club and what we've gone through, where we're coming from, the things we've had to deal with, um, then, then I say that. I think um, we, are, we, we progressed a whole lot. And at some point, I think we, we lost it. We regressed. And recently, I think, again, we are beginning to look at the path of stability and then begin to do, have some baby steps towards um, progressing again. So um, if, if I look at it on the whole, I say we are regressing. But if I begin to break it into smaller timelines, I think I'm beginning to see some little, little baby steps in towards stemming the, 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 the slide, the, the downward spiral, and then begin to take some baby steps into, into progressing. Okay, that's a very, very detailed um, explanation, Ima. And, and I kind of agree with you <clears throat> on some of, some of the points that you've made there. Um, so let's go to Mo. Mo, where would you stand on the, on the subject? Oh, yeah, I stand with the 43% who say that um, we're evolving. And I, okay. I, I say we're evolving because it was always going to be a tough act, you know, to follow Asen. Anyone that was going to take over from Asen was going to have big boots to fill. Whatever we felt about how he ended up at Arsenal uh, towards his later, later years. Yes, he had three FA Cup trophies in four or five years, but it still wasn't enough, you know, for a lot of people. But Whatever you, anyone thinks or thought about Asen, I always maintained whoever was going to take over from Asen was going to have big boots to follow. My man Unai came, started what I considered well. He lost it, you know. Uh, he, he, he drifted away. Now Unai is history. We have a tether. So I believe we're evolving because after, after Asen, I, one of the things I used to use in defending Unai was Asen himself. I said... Anyone that was going to come after Asen was just going to, you know, ensure that we did not drift away. Because Asen was such a massive figure that no matter how badly we performed, we always seemed to be, you know, thereabouts, top four, thereabouts. So it was not an easy thing for him to do. But because of his years of experience, he ended up doing it all the time, apart from his very last season where we came fifth. You know, we lost it on the, on the uh, I think we lost to, no, this season before his last, where we came fifth, I think Liverpool beat us to it by a point, you know. And then his very final season, we went to the Europa League semi-final and got knocked out by Koscielny. But what I am <laughs> saying is, I believe we're evolving. Be I, I believe we're evolving because after Asen, Unai has come, steadied the ship a bit. I know a lot of people will, will disagree with that, but... I believe he steadied the ship because going back to my point that it was going to be a tough act to follow Asen, 
the assignment was that we shouldn't drift. We shouldn't drift away. Unai ensured we didn't drift away. He did well in his first season. Second season, he came and he was absolute garbage and deservedly got sacked. We now have a Teta. And you shared something yesterday. Um, I saw it on WhatsApp and I think you shared it on Twitter too about um, a Teta ever since he came on and the, the trajectory. I think you called it the trajectory. Yeah, yes. And if yes, it's, yes. yes, and if you see, if you if you look at that, it's such an impressive trajectory. Uh, impressive trajectory. So from Unai coming in to steady the ship post Asen to losing it, to Ateta coming in and getting us back to what Ima was saying, baby steps. I think on the whole, Arsenal right now are evolving. But evolving, moving from that Venga era, he was with us for 20, 22 years. It was not going to be easy to change the whole culture of the club because everything had Arsenal's signature on it. And it's still there till today. It's going to take some years for it to get eroded. Well, I'm not saying we, it should get eroded, but we need someone else to come and stamp his authority on that team. And Ateta is doing that right now. Unai tried it, he failed. But Ateta is doing it and the signs are good. So I say we're evolving. Oh, great, great feedback as well. Uh, great feedback uh, more. So uh, I'm coming to you, Namdi. Um, okay. Um, in my things were progressing, most things were evolving. I'm just going to run some some figures I, I got by you as well, or by everyone as well. So last season, because um, Mo has gotten has gotten the got the conversation into into Unai Emery and and Asen Wenger as well. So um, last season, the average points per game um, we were getting was one point one point eight four. This season, our average points per game is 1.43. So it's a, a huge decline. Last season, at 28 games, okay, we had again, one, again, the average points per game, the average points that we got per game last season, <clears throat> for the whole of the season, was 1.84. This season, 28 games played, our average points is 1.43. So it's a mad decline. Last season, out of 28 games, we had 117. This season, from 28 games, we have won nine. So, Ima, uh, not Ima, uh, Namdi. Okay. Where do you picture Arsenal as either progressive, evolving, or just in, in stasis? Given the, the, the context that you've heard from both, from both uh, Ima and, um, and Mo, and the data you just heard. Okay. Um, if when you look at, when you, when you examine the data, just looking at it as a data person, it's 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 pretty obvious we are we are we are lost. In fact, it's not it's not it's not even it's not progress. It's not it's it's a complete deviation from the norm. I think uh, statisticians yeah. call it deviation. Where you go yeah. from one point eight something points per game to one point four, it's like a complete yeah. change. But at the same time, you look at um, you, you you put it in context um, what we've been through. We've gone through what three managers now since uh, 2018, uh, just before Wenger left. And mm -hmm. um, we, are, we are, I think we are progressing, but in a different kind of way, you understand? Mm -hmm. um, we have, um, right now, we have an Iamory. Oh, sorry, we have um, <laughs> Mikel Ateta. The, the trauma of uh, an Iamory is, is, is something I, I don't want to go through. Uh, you know anymore it's like it's like something once more you know it's it was it was yeah. i i you saw you saw P, you saw you saw arsenal become something i have never seen not just with you, you know with with my own football club but any football club 
in history. It just became a complete, it was just a complete mess. Even when we were progressing, there was, there was just this lingering element that we are not, when we are apparently progressing in terms of points, in terms of wins, in terms of, in terms of that uh, North London Derby, we won 4-2. I just, there was just something missing. I couldn't, I couldn't put a finger on it. And unfortunately, everything just blew up in the end. And um, well, anyway, I think we are progressing in a new way. We are trying to we are change the model of the club. We have scouts and we have people. We don't use that DNA anymore. We have a new coach. We are trying to play an entertaining game, but in a less, um, well, I say with a bit less fluidity than mm. we had under Arsene. So I say we are evolving. I think we are changing not just we're not just progressing you know in a linear fashion we are changing everything they're trying to change mm-hmm. everything up club the model of transfers the way we play um basically how we do our business so i i'd say we're evolving let me just button a little bit and and um you know that was what i was talking about context and and um, more, more brought in a very important context into this conversation understand okay. and that contest is the Arsene Wenger contest. We we took a whole lot of us got spoiled by Arsene Wenger that we took the the successes he achieved for granted, and we felt it was it was a given. We we felt we allowed ourselves and people delude us into believing that top four was a given. And when some of us kept saying that when Wenger leaves the whole thing, the cookie could crumble. Many didn't see it coming. And it, it came on us. And it was because as a club, we weren't ready for that transition. We weren't ready for that post-Wenger. And like, I like the word Mo used, Wenger had his fingerprints. Arsenal was practically Wenger's DNA. Wenger had his fingerprints in virtually everything about the club. And we, we, need, we wanted, we needed to make that migration and we were never prepared for it. Or probably we underestimated how much of a hold he had on all, all, all our lives in the, as, as a club, as fans and everything. So, you know, sometimes as much as I felt Emery failed, sometimes I, I look at him and I felt that probably the job was just too big for him. Probably he was just overwhelmed. Probably he didn't have the right structure. Probably there wasn't even a structure for anybody. You know, I, I, I kept saying that... I think Adada should be grateful that he didn't come in immediately after Wenger. Probably he would have been the villain by right, right now. You know, so things things went down. Um, uh, Unai tried. He did a good job in trying to stable the club in, in his first season. Towards the end of his first season, the whole thing blew up in his face and he never recovered from it. And, and we are here right now. Um, we, we had a CEO who built on us just as just when we were looking for a father, the CEO build on us and then jumped into Italy. So all, all of that, it, it's, we went into full-blown chaos. We went into full-blown chaos. And what we are trying to do right now is, is, is typical of what's happening in the world right now. So we had our own coronavirus that blew us into pieces. And we are now trying to get out of it. So in as much as everybody... Is fixated on the results, the numbers, the points, the that, the, the position on the table, which which is what people tend to see. I, I think as analysts of the game, we need to look at it holistically and say that there was so much thing that went wrong with us, and 
other clubs, many clubs would have gone bust under this. But we, we seem to have managed to hold it together. On the footballing end, Atta is trying to carve a new niche for us and then develop things. On the administrative end, Rahul and Vinay is trying to restructure the club, basically, again, to win the Wenga DNA, the Wenga footprint, and then build a new footprint, build a football club. Um, and, and understand, again, that we, would, we might never have a sugar daddy who would hasten everything, the whole process, our paper, the cracks, and then, boom, catapult us into football glory. If we have to follow the self-sustaining model that the Crown case have insisted that we follow, then these things will not happen overnight. But it, it, it's, it would be really, 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 really disingenuous of anybody to say that we cannot see, if you choose to use the word evolving, if you choose the word progress, whichever word you choose to use, it, it would totally be disingenuous of anybody. And that is me being very, very mild to say that we are static. We are making progress. We're not making the progress as every one of us would love as fans. But if you look at it holistically, we are making progress. Oh, okay, that's uh, so. It, so you've pretty much summed up everybody's um, uh, points there. Personally, I think when you look at, I would say evolving, because um, evolution, the evolution doesn't guarantee. There's no evolving because I can't say that it's going to be positive at the end, because the outlook that you you have and the outlook that Mo has, and I think to an extent that. Um, uh, Namdi has as well, is that the, this evolution is going to lead to something positive. But there's a risk as well that if evolution doesn't always mean that the results will be positive. It could be that we evolve to a point of stasis if we don't do the things that are needed for us to succeed, or if everybody gets better than us, that kind of thing. So because we're not, we're not, in, a, we're not in, a, in this race alone, so we are, we are in this race um, in comparison to how well other people are also evolving, so you look at yeah. a, a you look at you look at the Liverpool. Obviously, they are the model for everybody to copy. Uh, you look at City. City can buy their way out of everything. You look at Chelsea. Chelsea are coming out of well, okay, because of oil oil prices. But then again, you look at you look at you look at Chelsea. Chelsea is, is going to come out of their they're going to come out of their financial um, the the hold. Um, that they were placed on last season and they can then sign players and they're currently in a better position than we are. Um, who else? You look at United. United have funds, even though they're just like a poorly run club, but they can mask it with the amount of money that they have. So we are, we're in comparison to all these people. Spurs look like the one that's going to crash. So we might be evolving, but we also need to evolve at the pace at which we soon start to, start to instantly marry results to, to reality, that kind of thing. Well, I get I get the point that we're all trying to make. So so the, the whole feedback I get from here is that we're evolving and we're going in the positive direction, which is good. Um, the positive direction now is in the hands of uh, a coach called Mikel Ateta. He's one of us, he's one of our one of our own somewhat. He's goes from the club as well. And um, since Mikel Ateta came, um, the trajectory that um, um, Mo, Mo was referring to was since 15 matches before Ateta came, I got this from um, Andrew Clark, actually. 15 matches before Ateta, we had kept one clean sheet. Uh, during Ateta's reign, we have kept um, seven clean sheets. Uh, before Ateta, we had considered 28... 15 matches before Ateta, we had considered 28 goals. 
after Ateta came, we have considered just 12 goals. So defensively, we're a lot better. Obviously, he came in and knew that this is what he needed to do. And he has, he's been working on the defense. So 12 goals in the last 15 matches um, since he came. Um, I looked at the table. If you look at the smaller fraction of the table, right? Like, say, I, I was looking at um, some statistics um, um, portal that, that, that I built. If you break the league into the last eight matches, Liverpool okay. has 21 points. And we have 16. We're second on the league. If you break it into 28 matches um, in, on the league table, you remember that um, we were coming out of the, the era where we were drawing games and we got into the era where we've started converting those draws into wins. So our last three games, uh, so we drew 1-1 one, one with, with, uh, with, with us, with uh, Crystal Palace. We drew 1-1 one, one with Sheffield. We drew 2-2 two, two with, uh, with Chelsea. We drew 0-0 zero, zero with uh, Burnley. Then we started to convert those draws into wins. We beat Newcastle 4-0. We beat uh, uh, Everton 3-2. We beat uh, West Ham 1-0. We were just on our way to beat Man City. Then the coronavirus struck. So we are about to beat Man City, obviously. We are about to beat Man City. So now that we've gotten all this, uh, we've seen Ateta for a while, uh, I'll go to you, Namdi, first. Um, okay. What do you make of 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 Mikel Ateta thus far? Okay, okay. For me, for me, just to jump straight into it, Mikel Ateta. Well, it hasn't been perfectly smooth sailing. You can you can feel that um, there is there is um, there is something different in the air. You can feel that you have someone who can take the club forward, and then um, at the same time the pace at which we're improving is not as quick as many people would want. You understand? I, a, a lot of our games, a lot of our games have been drab. I, I, oh. I, to put it mildly, a lot of our games have been drab. But on the positive side, which I didn't expect, our defense has been better. I mean, yeah. Mustafi is passing for a footballer these days. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, 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 I find it quite extraordinary. Mustafi um, our our keeper is is improved. Mm. Socrates is even looking mm. decent. The, the only mm. the only um drawback I would say is the fact maybe just maybe Ainsley Maitland Niles somehow cannot get into the team, despite mm. the fact uh, Hector Bellerin is is um is is currently not not in good form and that's putting it mildly. Overall, mm. we can see that there's a there's a change with the, from the time of Emery mm. to to, to Arteta, the structure of the team is is better. We we are trying to play that um, passing game that we all fell in love with with the Arsenal. You can we can see that there is a there is at least a few more chances are being created um, mm. by by for Obama Young. Uh, Lacazette is not doing too well at the moment. The team looks looks better, but you can tell that we are still a bit mm. lethargic. Uh, we're, we're a bit lethargic. The team is not moving quickly, moving forward as quickly as uh, you would hope. Because after, at, at during the time of Emery, I felt we were just we were just going down. We're just we're just the whole the, the whole the, the whole thing about the team was just drab. It was a poor team to watch, and what what we initially enjoyed. In terms of points and success, you know, in, in Unai Emery's first season, just, you know, was just decimated next season. So I feel 
Mikel Ateta is progressing. I think we still need to make a couple of changes as regards personnel, especially. And um, uh, eventually, I think we'll, we'll get there. I think he's the right man for the job at the moment. Yeah. That's my <clears throat> okay, good. So, so I agree with you because when you look at the results, some of, especially the first half of games, we, we, we've been really poor. We've come into games mostly in the second half after Mikel Ateta has had a word with the players. So we can say it's part of the learning process, but it's taking a while for us now to be dominant, <clears throat> to be dominant from the from the from the start of games. So I'm going to come to you more. More, you were very very vociferous about your support for Mikel Ateta even before yeah. you got appointed. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you marry? How do you marry your expectations at the time when you were calling for him to get appointed, and now that you've seen him play the number of games that he's played? Well, I am I am very impressed. I'm not disappointed at all. You know, I did not expect, I wasn't deluded. I'm not deluded. I was not expecting him to come and become a Jose that's Mourinho. Up for, or... That's up for debate, actually. Well, go on. That should have been for me, man. That should have been for me, that should have I'm been sorry. for me, not you. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, on the serious oh, note, I, I, I wasn't under any illusion that he was going to come in and become a Pep Guardiola overnight. Uh, but I like what I have seen so far. Like, Namdi just um, alluded to the fact that, yes, some of our games had dropped. And, um, yes, he's making progress, but maybe not as quickly as we would have wanted it to be. But I can cut him some slack in that regard because if you look at where he's coming from, what he's picking up, that tweet you put out yesterday talking about the trajectory, you know. Mm. When Ateta came in, we were leaking in goals. The first thing he has done is to plug that gap. Let, let me start mm. from there. He's plugged that gap. And like Namdi said again, Mustafi is passing for a footballer these days. Because at a point, I honestly could not, I would not appoint uh, Mustafi as a ball boy in the stadium. At a point, honestly. <laughs> because the balls will go through him and into the crowd and he would not know what part of the speech to go to look for the ball. Yeah, but he's passing for a footballer, not only a footballer, a very, very good defender these days, if we're going to. Yeah. I mean, if we bought, if we bought Mustafi since Sateta came in and we had never known about him before, we would have said, oh, well, what a buy. You know, yeah, apart from the mistake in um, Stamford Bridge, you know, yeah. and even in that game, he came out of that mistake and had a fantastic performance in that game again, you know, playing with mm. um, Granny Jacker beside him. So, yes, I like what I've seen of Fateta, considering what he met on ground, Plug the gap in the defence. And going forward, I think, like Namde said, with change of personnel, he will get his own players what he wants, the kind of players he wants. He's had to make do with what he's come to me. That's why many coaches don't like taking over mid-season, you know, because he has to come now and make do with the players he has on ground. There are many players there that, he might, that might not tickle his fancy, but he has to play them, you know, mm -hmm. so... I would give him, you know, I know I was, I was about this, giving, giving more time to a coach. I was about that with Embry and you people nearly slaughtered me. I want to give him a transfer. I want to give him a transfer window, get his players in, and then let's see from there. But so far, so good. I really, really like what I've seen of the team. And uh, Namdi talked about Ainsley Mate and Nice. I'm disappointed myself that he, I tweeted the other day that I hope his mom has not visited Colney again because she was fond of going to cause trouble. Then maybe that's why he's not looking in the team. Because he, he did really well as a right back. I like the fact that he was drifting into midfield. And once he moves into midfield, which is his natural position, he fits in there very well. Hector Bellerin is struggling for form, understandably. And when he moves into midfield, like Ateta says, 
uh, Ateta wants them to do because he moves into midfield, Jaka moves into cover for whoever the left back is who bombs forward. So he goes into that midfield to make the numbers up. Hector is not comfortable in midfield, but Ainsley is very comfortable in midfield when he goes there because that's his natural position. So I would have wanted to see more of him in that <coughs> midfield role ever since. But I think there are some disciplinary issues there. The, the rumours going around that Ateta doesn't like how he trains, so he has turned up to training late a couple of times. He says he doesn't want to play there. And I like the fact that Ateta is being very strict in that regard. You don't tell me what to do. I tell you what to do. Because this is what we have had. This is a problem we've had in Arsenal over the years. That's another topic entirely. You know, but I know we are going to talk about the sex interview, sex, uh, Fabregas interview, and I'm going to come back to this point, so I don't need to make it now. But over the years, we've had a lot of issues with our players becoming too laid back and too lackadaisical because there was no um, kick up the backside for them. And I like the fact that Atet has come and he's, not taking, he's taking no prisoners and he's pulling no punches on any of these players. Long may it continue. So, yeah, I like what I've seen of him so far, and I, I'm positive about him. Great, great, great feedback. Um, I, I wouldn't expect anything else different from you, from you, Mo, because <laughs> you're one of his, one of his biggest, one of his biggest fans. That just um, segues because you you talked about the transfer window, so I'm just going to go into into transfer, the one that we recently had, where we signed um, <clears throat> Cedric Suarez and uh, Pablo Marie. I, I I tweeted at you more as well to say um, I'm sure you'd be happy with these kind of signings because. We've always talked about people with experience, people with yes. craft, and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But I'm coming to um, to Ima with the question. Uh, Ima, I don't get it. What do you think is the what's the thought process behind the players that we got in the transfer window? Because okay, you get Pablo Mari. If you intend to sign him at the end of six months, he's a defender. We have David Lewis, who's a defender. We have, and he has one year left on his contract. I'm not sure anybody's going to come and buy him. So he's probably going to be here next season. We have Mustafi that we couldn't get off our books last season. He's playing very well now. He's putting Socrates on the bench. Do we intend to let him go? We have him as well. We have a Rob Holden, who the club has invested in a lot and is recovering from injury. We have Chambers, who maybe we can let go on loan. And then we have Saliba, who's coming next season. So what do you think is the thinking behind getting Pablo Mari into the team right now? And then Cedric Soares, um, especially when you put into context that we had Ainsley uh, Metanels, who was already playing in that position. These were six-month deals, um, pretty squad players, and we are filling the, the, the squad with them. What do you think is the thinking behind it? Because uh, personally, I'm a bit worried that if we're committing ourselves to these deals with the hope of extending their contracts, if they perform well, what happens to when Saliba comes into the squad? Are we not going to have too many people in the same positions uh, that are pretty much all sort of just a little above average rather than going for one spectacular person in the middle of the fence that can actually help us? So what do you think? Okay, so I, I'm going to start from where where the, the, the guy stopped in, in, in assessing Ateta. And just allow me, you, you in understanding how a coach plays, you, you mm. kind of have an understanding of the kind of players he goes for. Okay. Now, one of the biggest challenges I had over time 
I kept screaming about it with Unai, was I couldn't see a structure. I couldn't see a, I couldn't see an identity. I couldn't see a transition of play. How do you want to play? Now, because mm. it's, it's very easy when a transfer news comes up about a player reportedly interested, Man City is interested in I could tell you straightforward, no, Man City is not interested in this player because these guys don't look like a player who would fit in into a Pep Guardiola team. Oh. It was easy for us to also understand, even in the days of Wenger, when some players were linked, and you just like, he's not an Arsenal player. Oh. Now, that's a big that faded towards the end of Wenger's era when he said he sat down for anything. But, you know, with, with Ateta, the most important thing I saw in his early days was a structure. I could see how he wants his team to play. I could see the flow, the transition from back to front and back again. So it, it was it's really easy. I, I don't know for others. For me, it's really easy to see what kind of players he might want to bring in into the team. And to, to tell... I belong to a national group. And I, I remember tweeting, I remember sending a message in that group. And that was way, way, way when Sebaos was injured. That's, I do think that with time, Aeta would drop Torreira for a more attacking-minded, ball-controlling player. Because I think he might want to replicate what you have with Silva and De Bruyne at Man City. So when he dropped Torreira for Sebaos, I, I wasn't really surprised. Now, the point is, with if you watch Ateta play, you could tell what he wants to do, how he wants to play, the kind of players he wants in his team. So I kind of understand the bringing of Mari. Now, I don't think that the club had the funds to do very big transfers in January, number one. Number two, I also don't think the quality of players he wanted were available in January, but he needed to strengthen the squad. So he went okay. for the best he could. Now he went he went for a left center back. He went for one he knew because he had time with him at Man City. And he also went for one who had played consistently over time. And the reports that came from Brazil, and those of us who managed to watch the Club World Cup uh, the the Club World Cup, they call it or the what, what yeah. competition. Club World Cup, yeah. You, you saw the a glimpse won. of the guy. Yeah, the one that yeah. Liverpool won by fluke. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, you saw fluke. a glimpse of the guy. And you could understand. Now, over time, he got Luis deputizing in that role. Luis isn't a left footer. But Luis did excellently in that role. But he wanted center defenders who could play the ball confidently with, at their natural position. So one thing he has also done is to put players in their natural positions. So they are comfortable in delivering what he wanted. So he wanted a natural left-footed centre-back to play in that role. And the best he could get within the confines of availability of players and funds was Mari. And I don't think in the few games Mari had played, I don't think he has done badly. I think he has fitted in well. I also could understand the Suarez deal. And the two guys, Namdi and, um, and Mo, spoke excellently well about Bellerin and Niles. In his first few games, you could see Niles was at home with what Ateta wanted to do. And I was one of those who expressed that I don't think there's a way back for Bellerin into this team. But because Bellerin does not feel comfortable playing in the midfield, it was Niles' comfort zone. But something was more important. 
the attitude. Niles didn't have the attitude Ateta wanted. At least thus far, he does not have it. And he has fought Ateta to go look for someone who has the mentality, the attitude he wants. Now, for Ateta, it does appear again that the mentality, the attitude is even more important to him than your quality. And, and I am 100% for that. So I think the thinking behind the transfers Arsenal is doing right now is do you, do you fit in seamlessly into the way the manager wants to play? Now, if you fit in, do you have the quality? Do you have the mentality? It is okay. It is, and, and look at, I, I keep saying it, the structure is more important. Moore said it perfectly well. There, it got to a point, it got, honestly, it got to a point I wish they could deport Mustafi. Just go and deport Mustafi from, from, from England. Now, right now, I don't want to see Socrates in the team. I just want Mustafi. Right now, I want to see Mustafi in the team. Now, it tells you that first and foremost, the coach has got a structure that works. A structure that allows people to be comfortable and do what they know how to do best. He has moved the football to the very basic. The very simple things pass control pass position control it is basic the players we all didn't want to see mustafi zaka ozil these guys have not become exceptional Lewis, but they have become at least a little bit ab above average and that's enough for a start now what we can then do now in subsequent transfers and more, please, I don't think one transfer will be enough to get... No, no way. No way. We're looking at probably two or three summer transfers. No. Oh, now, you, now, you, have, now you have become uh, the, the same thing I was doing for women. <laughs> no, when you live long enough, you see everything. Interestingly, I say this very clearly. But I agree with you. I agree with you. If you check my tweets, if you check my tweets, there was no time I wanted Una Emery sacked. But I could just wrap my head around a man who just won't make the best use of what you have and get off the inferiority complex. Now, systematically, we can then focus on replacing the players we have for better. Develop a structure and then replacing. It is easy for me to say now that, listen, we, are, we need to find a replacement for Ozil. Yeah. You're not terrible. You're not terrible. Thank you but so much. But you're no longer great. Well, yeah. But we need, to move, we need to move to the next level. But between now and when we move to the next level, boss, hold on on that position and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. We need to move a lot better than Ceballos. But you cannot say that he has not fit into this. That's a structure. So it is that is exactly where we are right now, and it will guide the transfers going forward. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we, we don't have the bottomless pits or, or, or the vaults to throw into transfers like Man City would have thrown or whatever would have thrown and get banned by FFP or whatever. I wish FFP can just ban all of them and then allow us have, have space. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. it is, okay. 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 Um... To see, it is beautiful to see right now. There are names you see pop up on transfers and you go look at the player and say, nah, this is not the player we're going to sign. Because where will, he doesn't fit in. He's not a kind of player. And okay. it is, that is the way to go. 
All right. Um, thank uh, that great feedback. It's great analy anal analysis again from from you, Ima. And there's one thing that I kind of miss from the whole moving David Luiz to the other side of the the the, the defense is, and I'm going to speak to um, Mastermind next week on Arsenal on the defenders. So I most likely expand on this um, issue that I have uh, in that conversation next week on next on the podcast. But when uh, David Luiz is close to Saka, to, to Saka, right? Those balls he puts in to straight to find Saka or Abamayang down that left. When like when Saka goes forward, <clears throat> the game when he moved to the other side of defense, I didn't see those long balls anymore. So I kind of missed them because I liked him playing really close to to, to Saka and then putting in the ball for him to just run and, 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 and get it. But if he's going to do the same thing, because Pepe is not the same kind of player, so he, he can't open his body that way and then and put the ball for, for Pepe down the, down the right. But because Saka is running and Luis finds him, between him and, and Obama Yang that, that way, they, he always seems to find an excellent pass. And the, I think it's just one game, so my term of preference might be small. But the game, I've seen him play on the right side of the centre-backs he hasn't done that as much. So I would speak to... So it's just something that we, we need to think around 